right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Leg Up podcast. Matthew Wolf, hello world, welcome. He's here. He's arrived. He's here. It didn't take very long. Uh, you called the wolf. Shit, man. You know, someone tweeted at me. Let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. Which I thought at first. I was like, God, that's like I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Then I was like, Oh, that's from Pulp Fiction. Okay, I get it now. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, Wait, this is like actually the perfect time to do that, right? I mean, I know that's what I was thinking. I was all fired up about it. Uh, we are kind of spread out in a lot of different places this week. Um, to be honest, we're kind of wasn't really planning on doing much pro golf recap, but uh, Matt Wolf changed those plans a bit today. We got DJ Pie in the car. Emergency 3M Open podcast. I can safely say this is the first ever emergency 3M <laughs> Open podcast that's ever been recorded. But uh, DJ on his way back to Jacks. Uh, I I got to be honest, dude. I I had a choice today of choosing what golf I could watch. I could really only watch one of the two, and I. Got up early and made some coffee and had some breakfast and watched a lot of the Irish Open this morning and was playing a practice round during the the 3M and had to flip it on CBS app, uh, which I got to say was actually a pretty decent experience. Is that what uh, how you took it in today? Yeah, you know, no free ads, but uh, I watched it on the CBS app myself while uh, my wife was kind enough to, uh, to drive. I was taking the pledge in the front seat. Uh, and watching it on my phone, yeah, it was a delightful experience. Um, it was, it's a bit of a bummer to see the same, nah, whatever, we don't have to get into, nice try, I'm not getting into coverage. <laughs> That's not, no. It's, you're out of the, out of the state driving, currently, I've so it's safe. I've been driving for like 14 hours, I'm a little weary, uh, nice try, That's not going to work today. I almost had you, but, yeah. uh. It actually really, it, it, I thought it was going to be like 50 different buttons to get to it, and actually it was not that not that bad to get into, so I was no, pleasantly was totally, surprised by that. Totally fine. You know what I actually could have used today that I didn't Bye. ever think that I would say out loud? The shark experience. <laughs> it, would have pay, it would have paid off great for, for the final round of the 3M. The shark Ponzi scheme, as uh, Neil and I thought it was called when we were at Ojai Valley. Yeah, I was, I, I think we pointed that out in Tourist House, but I was reluctantly, it was one of the more embarrassed moments on the course. I was, I was reluctantly pretty in on the shark experience. Yeah, well, we were going to have <laughs> no to get past ads. it. Yeah, no free <laughs> All right, so, well, I, again, I wanted to start with LaHinch, but let's go straight to, to Matt Wolf. 20 years old, third pro start, fourth ever PGA Tour start. You saw this coming, right? Totally. Yeah, no, I knew it was going to be less than five starts for sure. Uh, now, a, lot of, a lot of revisionist you know, historians on uh, Twitter or wherever – Whenever stuff like this comes up, like, oh, gosh, you know, I watched, you know, I watched five minutes of this college tournament uh, a couple months ago. And like, I, you know, this guy's a phenomenal talent. But, oh, OK, cool. Thanks. But, <laughs> you know, it's if you look at the stat line, you know, you could see something coming. I don't think anybody was brave enough to say that they saw this coming, uh, you know, coming out and winning that way in that short of time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody knew he was going to be a stud, but winning's really, 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 really hard. And, uh Pulling one off that quickly is literally mind blowing to me. I mean, like I, I almost like don't even think it's it's. I, I know I've been driving and kind of checked out, but almost feels like people didn't like make it a big enough deal about him being in the final group and Morikawa as well. I mean, it's it's nuts. Like I don't even know how to kind of put it into words. 
People are, I, I get, it's midsummer. This is probably the hardest time for I to get eyeballs on your product for the PGA Tour, I would imagine, especially July yeah, 4th weekend true. and whatnot. But yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of like, whoa, this is the final the final pairing. But it did, it going into today, it felt like one of those, and Bryson tried to play the villain. He, it felt <laughs> like one of those days was like, okay, like they'll, they'll fade at least a little bit. Like there's going to be, there's enough guys in the running that I doubt the winner's going to come from the last group. And Morikawa shot 66, and Wolf shot 65, making a putt from off the green on the 72nd hole for Eagle to win. Despite, I mean, I don't know what would have happened if it didn't go in, but Nick Faldo wanted that ball to slow down. He was a little worried about the comebacker. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It was it was as questionable as, as usual today on the uh, on the, the podcast. We don't have to belabor that point, though. You know, we had some great golf. We had some great golf courses. There's plenty to talk about. We don't need to. We don't need to get into that. We're not doing that. Well, one one broadcaster friend of ours always gave us a tip that said, you know, never call a ball while it's moving. Never try to like say what a ball's doing. Like it's going to stop it pretty soon. Like we'll figure out what's going to happen. I thought that was absolutely it's, it's perfect. Kind of the, it's the big, uh, it's the big Randy philosophy, right? Like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be fun to watch. We'll see. We're all watching the same you know? thing. We're going to find out at the same yeah. time. Like it's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What was your reaction when Bryson hit the shot on eighteen? Just kind of like, I don't know, it was weird. It was like reluctant uh, excitement, I guess. Like, obviously, I was riding really, really hard for Wolf and Morikawa. And Bryson kind of found himself in, you know, an even bigger villain role than usual today, it felt like. Uh, but, I mean, it was a pretty phenomenal golf shot. <laughs> it was yeah. hard to, like, you know, it's hard to just be, like, visibly super upset. I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't curse or swear or anything. I mean, it, it was... I w- it wasn't preferred, but it was still pretty cool to see. Maybe that's kind of a cop out. I don't know. Should I have done more than that? No, I mean it was. I don't root against Bryson, but like my reaction was just the same as I said on Twitter. Like, dude, like not now. Like, don't do this. Like, <laughs> it, it, this you winning is the least good story of all of this. And if Morikawa or Wolf won, that he was like what like we a needed. Cop today. Yeah, he's a cop. He did feel like, he did feel like that was, thought that was a great tweet. Yeah, uh, the the Morikawa and Wolf final pairing man like that was there have not been many non-major uh sunday mornings that i've woken up and been like god i'm, I'm actually really excited to watch golf today and actually going through the paces of you know figuring out how to stream it on my phone while I'm driving like there's not that many tournaments that i i would have done that for this year and uh I, I don't know i don't know what that speaks to or you know how how in-depth we want to break that down but uh it's, it's a good feeling well, correct me if I'm wrong. And again, I was I was thinking this as we were watching those those swings coming down the stretch, and how they like absolutely nothing changed in their demeanor. And I get that they're professionals, but they haven't been pros that long. But I get they've been in crazy pressure situations. They've played you know at the top amateur levels and are very they're seasoned veterans at this point. Not quite on that stage, but they just the moment didn't even seem remotely big for them. Do you? I, <laughs> no. I swear, I remember a time period where like young guys got rattled in those situations. Am I am I crazy? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, no, I think I think it all went away when uh, Jordan Spieth chipped to hold that bunker shot at John Deere. Yeah, no young people are ever nervous. <laughs> <after> that. <laughs> That's what it seems like, though. Yeah, it's crazy. The only time Wolf looked shaky at all, at least that I saw, was you know I flipped it on yesterday when he was uh, you know kind of had the fifty nine kind of flirting with 59 a little bit and as soon as he was kind of going crazy low with only a couple a couple holes left he kind of started hitting some loose shots and maybe flared one into a bunker or something but then you know comes right back in 30s 18 to finish the day yesterday and then yeah god today i mean he was he was rock solid like the entire day it was 
incredible. He looked like he'd been out there for 10 years. Well, I definitely was not the biggest fan of that golf course. And then, you know, coming down the stretch though, like there are just some shots you got to hit with some major stones. I mean, I, totally. I, I don't find water that interesting of a, of a hazard for pros to navigate, but Man, those guys hitting like like Morikawa's approach into eighteen. I mean, he hit the proper shot. He hit like a cut five iron that had to look <laughs> absolutely flagged from there. Wolf kind of he kind of seems to lean on the draw quite a bit and hit a draw when that shot definitely called for a fade and it went long left, but obviously he drained it. I mean, and Morikawa, both Morikawa's putts on seventeen that was in. Like I don't know how that one missed, and he couldn't have missed by much less with his putt on eighteen. Like that has got to be. <laughs> for as good as he's played, he's got to be like kicking it. I don't know, like uh, pretty frustrated for like, whoa, dude, I played that good and still didn't win. Yeah, I mean, he obviously had a couple couple early bogeys he can point to, and like, I don't know if that's nerves or or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that he kind of dusted himself off and picked himself back up after that is just like it speaks even more to you know, like you said at the beginning of the day, we're kind of waiting for these guys to get rattled and you know, almost giving them a a, a pre like a pre-approved pass. He'd be like, you know what, go out there and shoot 75. It's no big deal. You know, no one's going to think less of you guys. And he goes out and makes a couple bogeys and then just flips the switch, gets a couple putts to drop, and then just gas pedal from there. I don't know how many more cliches I can well, I can work into that. He That's- shot 30 on the back with a lip out on 17 <laughs> and almost eagled 18. Uh, I know. It's insane. And Morikawa, I think, has is, is kind of been one of the, uh, you know, kind of the forgotten man of, of this class, it seems like, with Hovland and Wolf kind of stacking up so many wins and playing for the same team and, and all that stuff. I think, you know, your eye naturally goes to those guys, but Morikawa has been pretty much, you know, lockstep with them relatively and, uh, you know, getting to see his game on full display, you know, and, and granted it's because he was in the last group. It's not like anyone really uh, kind of did their due diligence prepping for these guys all that much. Uh, but, you know, it, that was a, it was a treat to be able to watch, a ton of those guys today. We needed to get a uh, we need to get Bryson to measure the terminal velocity on his uh, jaw drop after he found out Wolf hold that putt. <laughs> he was he turned into a villain today. That was uh, it was kind of fun. I, I don't know. I, I, it was a guilty pleasure to. Uh, he was so clearly the guy that everybody was rooting against in that scenario, which I guess is unfortunate for him. But certainly he's he's stacked up enough uh, enough items to, to have earned it. Him complaining about slow play during Saturday's round was like was maybe one of my favorite moments of the year. Like, holy shit, dude! Like, look at least somewhat inward on this. Like, how can you not? Yeah, you can't get frustrated with slow play and be one of the slowest players. Yeah, that was a tough look. The whole like, you know, I, and I know people think people think I'm slow, but you know, like, I it, it was just so hard to get into a rhythm out there. Like, yeah, that's how every fucking player feels, man. Like, <laughs> like, what do you what do you think? Well, on Saturday, he he was playing the 18th hole, and granted, there were people on the green. I I kind of wishy-washy on how I feel about this, usually depending on how I feel about the player. But he goes to get a drop where he could because he says, uh, "On my layup shot here, I'm going to be standing on." And I assumed it was a sprinkler head; they didn't really show it. Uh, if I lay up here, like I'm going to be standing on this, and he gets a drop, and then all of a sudden, but he gets uh, you know he drops it twice, and then gets to place it, and now he's going for the green. The whole thing, Grant, there were people on the green. It wasn't waiting the whole time. But the whole thing took six minutes to drop a ball and for him to hit his shot. 
And I get it, he was in the last group, it didn't really matter, but it fell outside, like the cut, like the TV coverage had to stay long just to show their group play the last hole because of how long he <laughs> took to hit his approach into the green, and he was the one complaining about slow play. That was that was like Italian chef kissing hands right there, so it was beautiful. That's the kind of stuff, and I'm not sure that I, I saw the exact drop that you're talking about, but that kind of stuff where it's just a simple, like, hey, I'm taking relief from this sprinkler head or I'm taking a stance here or whatever, like that's the kind of stuff that, should be so rudimentary to take a drop, but people are so gun shy about the replay stuff and having cameras on them and the amount of money that they play for and everything. That's like, I don't know. That seems like a really easy culprit to fix. At least some of the slowness out there is like to just take your own drops. Well, I think he knew it was shady. That's why he had a rules official come in <laughs> because, like, all right, well, well I'm, I'm going to get away with this. To have a little more leeway to, to be like, no, this is shady. Don't do it. Yes, I don't know. We'll take that offline. I'm, I'm not a big rules guy. I, I don't. I'm quickly out of my depth on the rules. You're get, you're going to run out of things to have takes on here if you're not going to talk about the coverage. You're not going to talk about the rules. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just low key like I don't have any expertise, so that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to dance around. None of us have expertise in any of this. How do you think we're doing this? <laughs> we just bought microphones. Uh, that's true. I was going to say this is a very throwback uh, throwback podcast. Like I'm, I. You know, sneaked away and my voice down, calling it the episode. You know, sixteen or something. Well, you're still going through it. You're going through a tough, uh, you know, a tough service area. So it probably does sound a lot like episode seventeen <laughs> or whatever that is. But um, uh, let's. I don't want to do it because I, I feel like everyone's going to start doing over under uh, career wins for Matt Wolf when he's twenty years old. But I mean, we're talking like superstar, right? I mean, this was this was. I don't want to say we needed this, but I was I, another just like Ches Reevy wins. No offense to Ches Reevy, wasn't going to do it for me this week. Like I needed kind of something to reignite some excitement. And Matt Wolf, like it seems to be the guy. And Twitter doesn't get that has not been getting excited about golf this summer. And this this afternoon was palpable. What? Well, first of all, no offense to anybody. No, of course, never. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally. And that's what I mean. That's what I was kind of saying about being so excited to tune in is like man there's just a lot of guys who look the same and walk the same and talk the same and swing the same and like that's not an accident that that gets old week after week after week after week especially when you're not changing the format especially when you're not really changing the golf courses you know it's like i know that these events have kind of local flavor when you're on the ground but until some of that shines through and this is i guess kind of a coverage take but until that shines through on the TV, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's pretty much TPC anywhere every week, and so, which is fine. Like, if that's, you know, if that's the kind of courses that they need to have for infrastructure, you know, requirements and all that stuff. Like, I, I get all that, but it, it doesn't make it any more exciting to watch to the eye. And so, yeah, I'm completely with you. I mean, like, this, I, I personally, I needed a, a bit of a, a golf lifeboat this week, and uh, I was happy that Matt Wolf and Morikawa and, and even Bryson a little bit was, were able to provide that. So it was, it was a great, a great uh, couple of hours spent watching golf. Well, which again, like I, I don't think we've had on a non-major Sunday probably since. I mean, at least since you know Canadian Open. I mean, it's fun to watch Rory, but outside of that, it's been it's been a pretty tough scene. The toughest scene, but I think for Wolf, if there was ever somebody who. I don't want to say earned or deserved a little bit of leeway for coming out of like, all right, let's, let's give this guy a little time to develop because a decent amount of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, 
I think it's kind of a false, I don't know if false flag's the term for it, but I feel like some people are like, man, so a lot of people saying his swing wouldn't hold up at this level. It's like, I don't think that, I don't <laughs> think that many people are holding up, but like there was a question mark for like how he would come out and he came out like a little bit shaky and he made a caddy change already. He had fired JP Fitzgerald, who was of course on Roy's yeah, bag. Tough look for JP. I was going to say, gosh, how many careers is JP going to ruin? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a tough look. I think, like, I don't know, Wolf. I don't know him very well, really at all. But he seems to be a guy that's very easy to root for and very likable, and just like a cool dude, and doesn't want to get too technical out in the golf course. He just likes to to chat up his caddy and like talk about anything except golf, and just has fun out there, and seems to really just let it fly. And, and it, he, I think, he even said. You know, the, the tour had kind of clipped it, or I saw it on Instagram. They He had said something about, you know, I'm just going to, I told my caddy this week, I'm just going to send it. They clipped the best part of it. it was, he's like, I think the first couple tournaments, I was actually being a bit too strategic. And he was like thinking his way around the course too much, which I think was probably the meme you used of Bryson just like sitting there frustrated, unable to get a word <laughs> out. Like that's got to just drive Bryson absolutely nuts. But uh, like his the way it works for him is just to send it. And, you know, like with, yeah. with PGA Tour golf courses, you don't have to be that strategic, like hitting it really far and just sending it and stuffing wedges in there is going to win you a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And it's also going to win you a golf tournament in your fourth ever PGA Tour start. Totally. And that's where I think it'll be, you know, and that, that's where you get into, you know, how many wins and how many majors and all that stuff. Like, obviously, it'll be more fun to see him play some more majors and we can get to the open qualifying series in a second and revisit that discussion. But, you know, there are certain golf courses and certain tournaments where that just let it fly style is not going to probably work so well. But the cool thing is now he's got two years of job security he's got all this stuff to just kind of figure out the rest and, and figure out how to get more comfortable and how to get more strategic and how to ease into that kind of stuff if he even wants to or maybe he can just keep kind of sending it for ever and that'll be that'll be his style but yeah like his his vibe is just like so easy to connect with and i don't know if it's maybe just the tailor-made stuff he's got decked out in and like the beard and everything but he just seems like an excited dustin johnson out there <laughs> which is like, like I kept looking at him. I was like, yeah, he kind of looks like DJ. <laughs> hey, on that exact note, now that you mentioned that, uh, go over to our YouTube channel, Callaway Golf. Callaway Golf uh, is sponsoring <laughs> our travel series, Taurus Sauce. Um, you have, if you're, it depends on when you're listening to this. You got, you got time on Monday to leave a funny comment. Uh, if you do leave a good comment on our Taurus Sauce video, uh, the last one being Ojai Valley, the winner of it's going to win a Stroke Lab putter. I'm not going to lie, you're up against some pretty stiff uh, competition because there were some great comments this week. But join us on Tuesdays around or right at noon Eastern for the live commentary, best comment in the live commentary. Uh, wins some NLU Pro Shop credit, and then we give away a Callaway prize uh, every Tuesday. And we'll you'll we'll hear uh, we'll announce more info on that later this week. But uh, thank you to Callaway for sponsoring that series, and, and uh, please do tune into our YouTube channel. A lot of subscribers are starting to get bumped up on that guy, so thank you to DJ Pi for all the hard work you put into that one. Oh, right, come on, it's a group effort. Whatever I can do to help the team win. <laughs> you're a role player. You're like Ches. You're Ches Reevy. That's exactly right. So I was going to say, I know that I've, I've been kind of wearing out the Rudy uh, gist and references lately, but I I would if Doc Redman went to the RNA and laid his jersey down uh, to give his spot in the open to uh, Matt Wolf. I think that'd be the right thing to do. Yeah, that's a t- I, after arguing for the open chip, uh, qualifying series last episode or last week, uh, I have a hard time being like, wait a second, that 
did Wolf did he not qualify for it? Had, and how did he not? But you know what? Can I can I sneak in a coverage take with this? I was a little worried that he did qualify. So the graphic came up, the CPS <laughs> graphic came up that it said that he had yeah. qualified for 2020 Masters and PGA. And I was like, dude, if he qualified for the Open in two weeks and they didn't put it up there because they don't host the, <laughs> the Open, I am going to be so mad. But by all accounts, he is not in. He's going to have to win or uh, they're, they're giving away one final spot, yeah, for the John Deere Classic. Whoever finishes highest in the John Deere Classic that is not already qualified gets in. So I, I wouldn't put it past him to run it back next week. Well, I know that John Daly's cart got denied. Maybe they can give him, you know, give that spot to Matt Duell. He decides not to play. Oh God, that would be too. That would make way too much sense. I think it should be special exemption season. <laughs> sponsor. Uh, it is a sponsor exemption. Like Her Majesty the Queen, who is the tournament is brought to you by, uh, needs to give a sponsor's exemption to Matt Wolf to the British Open, UK British Open, presented by Her Majesty. I agree. That's going to really get people fired up who say that we're uh, very short-sighted and biased towards young golfers. Again, another point to like, and I know we talked about with Nate Lashley getting in as an alternate uh, last week, but Matthew Wolf and Colin Marikawa were sponsors exemptions this week. And I know it's kind of that it is sponsor exemption SCN for all of the college grad, the recent college graduates, because there's, you know, they're the summer events are just looking for a little help filling out those fields, hoping to earn some goodwill from those guys and keep them coming back once they're household names. Uh, but the two sponsors exemptions were in the last in the final pairing and finished first and second tie with Bryson uh, Morikawa did. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, that's pretty. That's you know, shout out to the uh, tournament team. I know it's not really the, the toughest decision to pick, you know, Wolf and Morikawa to give those spots to, but you know, you still got to pull the trigger. You still got to do it. Um, we had a question from Saber Cavs said thoughts on Andrew Catalan. Always a fan of Master Stream. Added some life to a dud broadcast. Problem is. The uh, format of garbage production doesn't leave much room for improvement. Oh, he's, he was doing so good just being positive until the very end. But I actually, I thought Andrew Catalan was very, was very strong. Can I be honest with you? I didn't even know that that was Andrew Catalan. <laughs> and I think that, but I think that's kind of the point, right? Like, I think, like, it doesn't really matter who it is. Well, like, it's almost like, it, it almost should just be, like, functional. And I do know, like, I should, I should have known it because Andrew Catalan always gets relegated to do all the shitty Jags games. <laughs> On CBS, so like his voice should have sounded much more familiar. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought he was totally fine. It was better than McAtee, I would say. So um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw that Faldo stuck a sticker on a name tag on him when they opened up the broadcast on Saturday afternoon. As a it was a no, hilarious I joke. <laughs> I missed that bit of hijinks. The joke was that he didn't know his name, and so that's <laughs> why he put the name tag on his right chest. Um, so it was oh gosh, it was stitches. Anything to, uh, to pause the Prince jokes for a little while. All right. Do we have anything else from uh, from the 3M? The only thing I'll say, like, I I couldn't tell you, you know, I know the tournament's only been over for a couple hours now. I still couldn't tell you many of the golf holes that we saw out there. And that's, you know, maybe its own problem, maybe not. But what I could tell you is, like, man, it ended on a pretty cool, reachable par five. I think, like, that's, like, the easiest way to redeem – a golf course. I think you see it at, uh, <laughs> you saw it at Glen Abbey as well. You know, yeah. where it's like kind of these like blah golf courses that, that people don't really remember. But if they end on a reachable par five, like the, the recipe for a good finish is usually pretty much there. So I don't know. Not, not really a point one way or the other. Just, uh, just something kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, sure. It's just kind of manufactured drama, but it's, it's, but I think I the know. whole, like the whole tour is kind of like manufactured drama. Isn't yeah, that's that, true. Like, point? 
Well, I thought about this while we were, I was watching the Irish Open this morning. Is like I was tuned in to watch that golf course. I mean, that's kind of why. And I think it's it's a, such a risky model for the PGA Tour to be like, okay, like you are not going to tune in to see the setting of this place. We are just going to hope for drama, and we're going to hope that's why you tune in. Like yeah. there doesn't seem to be any other reason to tune in other than like, oh, it might get exciting. Like it might. Here we go. It might, and it well, usually that's, that's doesn't. Really, really true. Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, like, the Irish Open was not exciting today. Like, John Rahm was incredible. He shot 62 and won it by two. But it wasn't, like, super, super exciting. There wasn't drama on the 18th hole. And, like, it definitely had a better finish of the 3M. I think the cool about it was that, you know, it feels like it feels like birdie or double is looming on every one of those holes at, at Lynch. You know, mm-hmm. it felt like even when John Rahm was cruising, like it felt like he could make birdie on any of those any of those holes coming in, and it felt like he could make double triple on any of those holes coming in, and like that's I think what keeps you watching. Whereas like, you know, it never felt like anybody coming to the stretch today was going to make a double, you know. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think so. Uh, also, like that. First of all, we've talked. We our uh, Ireland podcast. I promise is most of it is recorded. We're going to finish the rest of it next week. And that whole episode, and a lot of people have been asking about our debrief from Ireland, but uh, specifically our our experience at La Hinch. All that stuff is to come at a later date. But uh, I, I had given some props to the uh, Golf Channel for their their blimp use today with some of the some of the blimp shots they had. I was original. I was corrected by somebody on the ground. They were in a plane. There was a camera up in a plane really? flying around the site. God, your Euro Tour doesn't give a fuck. Oh, they don't give one single <laughs> fuck. It's amazing. But I was wondering how the, how they were like the the what I what I at the time when I thought it was a blimp, how it was flying by so fast. But somebody yeah. manually operating that thing from a plane, actually moving at a much faster speed than a blimp and tracking the ball through the air. They showed. Robert Rock's shot, getting ready to hit on the fourth hole, which is the Klondike, which is a par five for members and guests, and it's par four for the for the tour pro, the tour pros. But your approach is played just directly over this huge dune in the middle of the fairway, and they showed him lining up over the dune, and then they show the shot from behind and trace the ball in the air flying over the dune to this blind green. It was awesome. It was so cool, and it was such a great way to show off the topography of of the course, which is the whole idea. I mean, what's the point of going to a course like that? If you're not going to show off, I thought they didn't do a great job actually of showing the shot on the fifth hole, the, the Dell, the blind par three, which again, this place is nuts. It just has a completely blind par three, but they didn't show a lot, enough shots from behind uh, the players on that one to see what they were looking at. I thought was a, a mild criticism I had, but man, Lahinch held up. I thought scores would be lower than they were. I know they've reduced it to a par seventy, but Rom shot sixteen under. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I did see the Robert Rock uh, replay. That was that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen on a golf broadcast. I think. And the Rom, like you know, as far as scores and stuff, I mean, Rom sixty two today. Like that should have been a sixty two. You know, like it, well, that wasn't because the golf course was easy. That was because he. He hit a ton of really good shots and, and ditto for Robert Rock sixty the other day. I mean so I didn't get to see a ton of the Irish Open uh this weekend, unfortunately, but catch me up. Like what what really showed out, what were your you know, what were like kind of some of your favorite things you saw? You know, take me there. Well, the first thing for me is just like the intrigue that goes into the tee shots. And it's not just like pounding driver. It's, you know, guys that are playing different kinds of shots and watching the ball run out. And Lahinch especially takes driver out of your hand on a lot of holes and makes you play certain shots along the ground. Like the sixth hole, you don't want to hit driver because it runs down into this massive pit. The seventh hole, you probably don't want to hit driver depending on what the wind is doing. 
and just watching guys have to have to worry about the ball running out too far on certain lines it just adds a whole other layer of intrigue and even the the rough was really playable but it was like you don't want to be in it but you can recover from it and it's not ankle deep and it's not you know it doesn't it cripple you for your next shot but it's like no doubt you don't want to be in it and a lot of short grass around the greens and pot bunkers that you just don't want to be in, which is stuff you don't see on the PGA Tour. You see usually the bunkers on, uh, that are greenside on the PGA Tour are pretty easy to get out of, and guys even aim for them on par fives. And there's a lot of rough around the green that guys can slide a 60-degree wedge under pretty easily. And watching Rafa Cabrera's, Cabrera Bayo's chip on the sixth hole today, uh, a lot of people were blowing up Tron on it just for no reason, just like <laughs> that it looked like a Tron chip. But Honestly, it looked like he tried. He had to go directly over this little pot bunker from actually a tight lie, like a fairway lie. And it just looked like he intentionally chipped it into the bunker. Like it wasn't even close. And it was like that. And watching John Rahm kind of hit a somewhat similar shot, uh, one that didn't make it all the way up to the green on the, on the reachable par four 13th hole today. That was just like, this is why I'm watching golf this morning because it was so fun to watch. One, it was it has a different kind of nostalgic feeling just because we had just been there and it was while we were there we're like, dude, I cannot wait to watch the pros play this golf course because it's so different, it's very unique and just so different than what we're used to seeing. And we only get really like three weeks a year where we get to watch guys play Lynx golf, right? and maybe four weeks a year if you, of course, if you're counting the Dunhill. But this is and you know the Renaissance or in Scotland next week isn't like the most Lynxy course from what I gather. We've not been there, but. Uh, this and Port Rush are like our, our looks at it this year. And the, the, I just wish it made you just wish. And God, those the top players in the world should have been there this week. And I don't mean like, hey, guys, sack up, go over and play the Irish Open. It's like, no, how do we mess up this WGC thing so badly that we can't even get it on a links course like one time? Like there's no mix up. There's no mixture to it. There's no variety. And why the, we're just not going to see like Tiger Woods play uh, any other golf on links golf courses other than the British Open presented by Her Majesty? Yeah, I mean, not to derail the conversation too much, but it really makes you just kind of pine for you know the World Tour. Yeah, uh, you know, when, whenever the the uh, whenever the mystical World Tour will be put together and everybody absorbs everybody and and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, I would think that hopefully there'd be some more some more links golf in there. But again, like I know this is where everybody comes at you for. You know, the sponsorship dollars aren't there and all of those things. And I don't know. They love the cash rules, everything around me, I suppose. I mean, I agree. And that, I mean, I know that. And I know that there's a reason why it's in Memphis this year. And that's where FedEx is headquartered <laughs> and FedEx wanted a WG. Like, it's not hard to piece together. But I, so that's the reason why I just asked the question on Twitter. I actually did. I don't think I've ever done a little Twitter poll before. I just wanted to fire one up. So what would you <laughs> rather watch, a WGC in Ireland or a WGC in Memphis? And as polarizing and as dumb as Twitter can be, it came back 89% would rather watch a WGC in Ireland. And I just thought, like, how can we, maybe this is the inversion. Like, how can we, something that, like, almost 100% of fans would rather see is, like, not even an option or not even a thing. Like, how long can the model last where you just, like, keep punching fans in the face? Like, oh, well, you don't, I know you'd, you want to see this and, like, you would tune in for this, but we're not going to give it to you because we have to take the money on this side. Like, I, yeah. how long does that last before you start having to eat yourself? Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't really seem like that happens in a lot of other sports, does it? Like, you know, imagine basketball going to a point of, of like, hey, God, we really, really hate this. Like, ah, well, you know, what are you going to do? Don't tune in, I guess. Yeah. And, like, that just doesn't really seem like it happens. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe some of the football rules changes and stuff, but even that is, like, 
safety related. Like at least there's a, a better, you know, a better reason behind it. I don't know. It, it's a hard, it, it's a hard, increasingly large pill to uh, keep swallowing. Well, I just go back to, and I get that where the, the money, you know, obviously the PGA Tour is an American-based organization, and it's just what I'm talking about is very hypothetical and not that realistic, but it's not going to stop me from uh, – 98% of this podcast anyways, like half-baked ideas. But <laughs> like where, like what was – I was thinking about this today too. It was like what are the best golf experiences I've ever had? Like where, where is golf just the best, like the best vibe, the best people, the best golf courses, the best experiences? Like, well – like Scotland, uh, England, and Ireland, and like Northern Ireland, like maybe Australia, and you know some places I've been in the states. But like, how like there should be a time period where golf is focused on the British Isles in the summer. Like this is the best few months of the year for golf uh, in the UK and in Ireland, and the, it should just be the focus. And I'm so glad Golf Channel goes over there and covers it. And I don't know what the financial arrangements of that look like and what their relationship is with Sky and how they do the feed and all that. But it is a great, great broadcast because it's not watered down with FedEx Cup updates and MetLife challenges and Aon Risk Rewards. And, uh, and there's commercials, but it's not as many as what we see on the weekend. I just wish that it had a better field. And I wish Rory would have played. I still don't fully understand that. I'm sure it has something to do with the Open going to Northern Ireland. But uh, I think it's a great event, and I want to get back for it. I got to go two years ago, and I, I'm hoping it goes to – it's probably going to go somewhere near Dublin next year from what I hear, and I hope it goes to a good links course there. And uh, we should try to figure out a way to make it over there during the summer. Yeah, so I think this whole conversation kind of – you know, I know I just brought it up, but I think it, it really just makes you think uh, world tour again because, you know, all the, all the arguments you're kind of making about, you know, it's a great time to be in the U.K. and golf should be playing in the U.K. at this time of the year. I mean, you can – you can kind of make all those arguments about the Midwest as well. And we have made all those arguments about the Midwest. And I, that's where I think it's, I don't know that it's like an either or situation. I think it's a both situation, right? Where it's like, let's take, you know, this world tour idea and let's put it on the best courses in the world at the best time of the year. And then let's, you know, kind of look at what's left on the PJ tour. That sounds very reductive, but like, let's look at it in a, you know, Let's look at the the 3Ms and the Detroits and the you know Travelers and those events that that kind of look a little bit more like the old school PGA Tour. Uh, you know, let's take those and, and kind of make this tour for everybody outside the top. You know, whether it's the top 70 in the world or the top 50 in the world or top 100 in the world or whatever you know is kind of left over from this hypothetical world tour that doesn't exist yet that we're kind of making up as we go. My question when I was thinking about it this week too was, what did the European tour get out of the WGCs? I mean, I'm sure they get money out of it, but like, there's none in Europe. Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good. Uh, it's a good question. I, I would assume it's a a pretty decent financial arrangement, but yeah, I don't like outwardly facing. I don't really know. I don't know what it is. I mean, I guess they get like maybe it's strength of field for like the race to Dubai you know events like those kind of get rolled up into the race to dubai and make that look a little stronger maybe uh but yeah i'm not really sure i, I don't that's a good question yeah i mean i know that it's just the because the 
championship management, right, from the PGA Tour runs the event. I mean, I know a bunch of European Tour social guys come, and like there's European Tour rules rules officials and all that. But other than that, like it's not like it's not a European Tour event. I mean, I know Kevin Kisner's like top five in the race to Dubai or whatever that is this year because of him winning the match play. But I I, I just don't know what they get out of it other than like, hey, give, throw us one like every four years or something. I don't know. It just yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good. That's I know good point. we 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 know the answer though. It's just who's the sponsors who's going to put up money there's a reason there's one in akron ohio for as many years as there was and it's just like gosh if it's a world golf champion i mean it's like in the name i know we've said this every time every time a wgc pops up i think we say something similar but it's just so obvious that something needs to be they need to have some kind of identity and as i was watching that today like why yeah john rom went out and won i mean i'm not saying he won because it was a weak field but i mean like it wasn't a top field, and he was the best player probably in the field. I, if I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but I would imagine that he was. And he went out and won. Like it would have been really cool if he was battling it out with DJ down the stretch today, or, or someone like that. So yeah, no doubt, or Rory, or Rose, or you know, kind of any of the the guys that you like seeing over there. But so kind of on the on the broadcast question, I, I know I was kind of talking about earlier about you know how the broadcast, at least in the states, doesn't always reflect you know necessarily where they are or what's going on. Lahinch is probably the one of the five coolest towns i've ever been to in my life did they kind of share any like local vibe or anything i mean i saw so many some of the pictures of like you know almost like the block party kind of feeling that was going on over there and it looked phenomenal i was curious how much they kind of conveyed on that you know they did and it's funny i I was thinking about this too i was like wow that's really cool thing they just did they'd show like the surf the surfers out there they show like a little playground right by the third tee and you know, they showed like 700 people live in the town and yeah, they, they talked about the party that was out there last night or uh, Saturday night and all that. And I was like, you know what? This is the exact kind of thing that if they did this during a weekend telecast here, we'd be so mad about. But <laughs> this is what they're afforded when you're not jamming as many commercials and sponsored stuff on the telecast. Like you have time to do this kind of thing and it fits and it flows. I think it flows when you do it properly also. Like I always... I think like the gold standard of those are when ESPN was doing uh, the Open Championship and they would have like those Wright Thompson essays. Mm-hmm. Like those were God, those were so cool. And that's where it's like it, it doesn't feel like an interruption when you when it's done, you know, artfully and it's meant to like convey information and make you think and and do all these things rather than just like you know unnamed American broadcaster. Uh, saying like let's go send our b-roll camera out for 12 hours to get like slow-mo of guys flipping burgers and stuff like that that doesn't really you know excite me quite as much as like a really well done essay and i know that stuff takes time and and effort but like maybe put in like some time and effort is i guess what i'm saying well, and I don't know what the Irish Tourism Board has, what their relationship is with this event, if they kick in money or if they, I, I don't know. But I would imagine they do because it seems like a lot of it seems like somewhat of a commercial for Ireland. They showed yeah. the Cliffs of Mower and the, how that's not very far away. And, you know, it just kind of, they were they were going on and on about the vibe, which is, it's a very real thing. And I think just all that works, like if it's like Visit Detroit or whatever it is out there, and it, it's, it's, you know, clearly like sponsored and not flowing. I think that's very different. So it, it works because Ireland's foreign to all of us too. And it was just so cool to see those shots. But even a place like Detroit is like, like Detroit has such a cool, gritty, like interesting golf history. And even that it's like, dude, just take a minute and, and showcase that stuff a little bit. Like how long was the PJ tour there? How many cool stories are there to harken back to? And what happened after the tour left Detroit? And, 
like why were there so many freaking golf fans out there because they haven't had an event there forever and like minnesota's kind of the same thing it's like man you can i promise there are stories out there to tell it's just like it takes an extra you know an extra producer and an extra camera and an extra editor and all that stuff to to do that but like that's what we talk about I, i'm just full-blown kind of like slowly dripping into coverage oh yeah here, I know, you're gone but it's gone you're gone it's, we lost it it's gone i was on the edge for a while but it's like that that's what we talk about when it's like man i i just was comatose when i watched this for four and a half hours it's because there's nothing like stimulating that happens it's just like feeding you slow like gruel the whole time it just like turns your brain into mush it's like there's there's nothing to break it up and that's where i think i i don't know you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Oh, I, I know. It's it's so good to have you back. It is so good to have you back. This is, not, just... this is like now. This is like Jordan going to the. Uh, it's not the official on back press conference. It was just what reporters heard that he was at shoot around, and he's just kind of like he's you know testing the waters. Just kinda... this is Jordan coming back for like those seventeen games or whatever it was at the end of end of ninety four with, with the Wizards. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is a lot of people don't remember. Oh, yeah, he came yeah. back no, exactly. at, the, exactly. at the, the, his second retirement season. He came back uh, like for like 17 games left or something like that. And uh, got, a, got some reps in and came back and was ready to win three straight titles after that. So we're, that, that's what we're getting out now. We're ready to have you back for, uh, you know, the coming, the, the, the end of the season of championships, which is coming up here very soon. So perfect. Yeah. We'll get, get in touch with uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. We'll get the contract nailed down. Um, all that stuff that'd be good well this this week did get me just absolutely amped up for the uk british open presented by her majesty yeah we got uh, another ep- episode that will come out on tuesday night with scott van pelt he was uh, we recorded that last week uh we just kind of went through just some memories of his you know going over there for so many years covering the open championship with espn and uh, he's got some great stories and it's not as much of a preview of port rush you know we talk about it a little bit but uh, I think we'll probably address that in next Sunday night's podcast, uh, some on our own. But uh, look forward to that as well. I'm ready to roll. Links, C- Links SCN is upon us. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm willing to be an o- keep an open mind about uh, Renaissance as far as like a Scottish Open venue. I think it's just really challenging with as many historic courses as they have to go to like a new American-owned Tom Doak design golf course. I hope it's great. I think they're going back there next year, like two years in a row, without even having, um, you know, seen it one year. But I'm, I've got an open mind, but I'm hesitant going into this coming week. Yeah, I'm excited. All, all that we've heard is, you know, from kind of being over there in East Lothian is like it's good things. I think uh, is this the first professional golf tournament at a dope course? I know, obviously, he's worked on Wiley and done some like touch-ups and stuff there, but. I don't know if we've ever actually been to like a full-on Tom Doak design. I, I would have to think that we, you're probably right. Um, so that's interesting. That's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little weird to have the Scottish Open, like you said, at, at something that's so new. But you know what? We kind of felt, uh, I think we expressed that in our Castle Stewart episode too, you know, where you kind of have this this inherent bias towards anything that's not, you know, from 1886 or something over there. and. Uh, you kind of want to not like anything new, but some of them are pretty damn good. So I'm, I'm excited to excited to see it and excited to dive in on like, I really don't know that much about Royal Portrush either. So I'm excited to dive in and just kind of find everything I can read and videos to watch and, and all that stuff. It's kind of a, a nice two-week uh, ramp up here. The open website has some amazing pictures. Just like flipping through those, I was like, oh my, dude, I had forgotten how great this golf course is. And it's beautiful and it's fun links. Like it's a great combination. And, you know, I think 
It's uh, sometimes the Lynx courses aren't the prettiest golf courses in the world for to a television viewer, but man, yeah. this one is going to pass that test with flying colors. So yeah, yeah, I know uh, Alan Shipnuck wrote a piece kind of setting the table a little bit, just talking about how they had to re reconfigure some of the holes and uh, you know kind of rejigger stuff so that the the finish is going to be spectacular. It's going to be finishing on these really dramatic holes and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, not really a hot take, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for the British Open. You want to pound through some of these uh, questions we got? I would love to. Sure. All right. Jay Rubes uh, at Jack underscore Rubin said, should Matt Wolf have stayed in college? That was a good one. That's got the most votes right now. Well, you know, we're, we're always talking doom and gloom for the PJ Tour. I mean, what happens when things go bust and he has to go get a real job? He doesn't have a degree. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Bryson's probably telling himself, telling himself right now. You know, I fired off that tweet. I forgot that Bryson left college early as well. Oh, that's Twitter. No one. That, that yeah, doesn't matter. Did anybody well, correct you? Called, yeah, one person did. Uh, which was, which was, you know, thank you for your service. But uh, maybe we start calling Bryson the the dropout. <laughs> Him and Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both true. preaching yeah, some might, fake science. He might throw that right back. Yeah, you know who else didn't go to college? LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> it seems everyone wants to start already talk about the president's cup which is really confusing every, to me every, but everyone a lot of the questions a lot of the replies we got are like is matt wolf going to really? be on the team a lot yeah quite a few of them i that's a fair question at this point like what wh why not i would uh so okay these these are two different people answering this question uh the like realistic the way players think, the way captains think, the way they pick guys, like, says no, he will not be on the team. And DJ, the golf fan who's about to get punched in the face by golf yet again, says, like, please take him because it doesn't matter at all. And it'd be super fun to watch. I mean, fair? well, yeah. And so the question, the, the reason why I at least wanted to address this was, do we think we finally have some continuity in place, task force, whatever you want to call it, with Tiger being the captain, and like, so I think like looking back at 2015, I was screaming from the rooftops. Brooks Kepkin needs to be on this team. Jay Haas selected that his didn't, son. That didn't age very well. Yeah, yeah. Old takes exposed. Where are you at on that one? Huh? Can you go back and <laughs> share some of those, please? But uh, Jay Haas took his son and uh, and JB Holmes, which was just beautiful. But and his son Jay Haas was got the winning point after. Oh he right, yeah. Away, but like, after he almost gagged away the match. That doesn't matter, but. The point being, like, Jay Haas was not part of the system and, like, didn't care about, you know, developing any of these players or anything like that. He was, like, a one-time captain and in and out. Whereas, like, now they have this kind of continuity plan where, like, do they – are they going to treat this President's Cup as somewhat of a breeding ground for the Ryder Cup? And if so, like, dude, take that guy over, like, taking, like, Kuchar. Like, we've seen what Kuchar does in these team events. Like, what what is Wolf going to look like? And he might be on five of these teams. He might be on ten of these teams going forward for all we know. Like, why not find out now? Totally. Oh, dude, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I just wonder, do you have the President's Cup standings? This is kind of a ridiculous question, but do you have the President's Cup standings in front of you right now? Well, it's my homepage, so I can just go straight <laughs> to my homepage and we'll find it here very quickly. Okay, okay, cool. Well, I hope the uh, I hope the PGA Tour gets this updated on the spot, but uh, what do you want to know? Well, I was just going to make a point on, like, who, who are they going to leave off to take, you know, what – what we'll assume is going to be one one-time winner, Matt Wolf, at the time. Maybe I'll tell you who win, they're going to leave off. It, one, but. It's going to break your heart, but it's Chez Reeve. I'm going to imagine it's going to. Be <laughs> oh, <okay. left> <laughs> Chez, this is your chance to earn the spot for Matt. Uh, 
it, correct me, I think it's 10. They got 10 automatic spots. I'm sorry, no, it's eight automatic spots, and then the captain is selecting four. Okay, well, that's that's a good sign. So it's Kepka, DJ, Shoffley, JT, Kucher, Bryson, Cantlay, and Woodland right now. And then just out are Fowler, Finau, Simpson, El Tigre, Chesrevi, Phil, Kisner, Howell, Bubba, Billy Horschel, Reed. Okay. There's, well, you know what? Of of that group, I could actually see, I could actually see one of those guys getting dogged. What if it's between Tiger picking himself or picking Wolf? Uh, he's gonna take himself. Come on, he's gonna be a playing captain. He's I not even trying that, right? to make the team. He doesn't play any events. This is <laughs> nuts. Like he doesn't that's that's, that's play professional point. golf. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Do I have it right that he has played just the Memorial is always played between the Masters and the UK British Open presented by Her Majesty? Uh, yes, I believe so. <laughs> Hashtag live under par. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like, well, speaking of that, I don't know if anybody asking questions about this, but how, how do we feel about Brooks finishing like T55 or whatever it was yet again in a, uh, a, 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 mortal, a mortal tournament? Uh, is it is that noteworthy? Is that a, it, it? Shouldn't no, be I like just, I. I think we should celebrate it each time. It oh happens. no, it's perfect. Like it's the it's most expected cool. thing. It's. Yeah. Like, I think he should. You know, he was kind of complaining for a while about not being noted as a notable at the bottom of the screen. Like when he finishes T forty, it's like notable. Like yep, that's what we that's what we expect out of him. He's gonna <laughs> right, and he's gonna finish T forty, and he's gonna be the favorite going into Port Rush, and he's 100%. my pick to win Port Rush, and yeah. I picked that at the beginning of the year. <laughs> the only major that I picked for him to actually win uh, will be that one, <laughs> and uh, I think he actually is gonna win it. So um, I'm not I'm not backing down from that one. Only because Matt Wolf's not on the field. Not yet. We'll find out after next week. Uh, how you long think he's going to play John Deere again? Or you think he'll play John Deere kind of like off this win? Oh, I think so. I would have to think Hopefully. so. I mean, what? There's not. I, think, I mean, he just won, but I don't think he's got the luxury of taking events, skipping it, like carving out a schedule just yet. I would have to say he's going to play as much as he can. Honestly, yeah. now to like move up the FedEx Cup, and the higher up he gets in that, like he can make some serious, serious cash this fall and have after turning pro last month. Yeah, no doubt. Um, ben, tire guy Ben says, is Matt Wolf the first tour player to win an event without a blue check mark on Twitter? Where are the tour people at on that one? How does he not have a check mark? Well, he wasn't a member until that last punt dropped. Now oh, that's resp- true. Now responsibility. Yeah, can we talk about that? He had to win the tournament to become a member of this tour. Yeah. Well, now he can vote for player of the year, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> can he vote for rookie of the year? <laughs> that's I don't know. That's a good question. I assume so, yeah. So uh, he he with like a runner up today he would have earned special temporary membership like I'm assuming Colin Morikawa earned special temporary uh, membership yes. today I didn't yeah. see that officially announced but I'm assuming he did uh, which means he would have you know been able to you know play as much as he wanted to this year as many events as he could get into and not have to rely specifically on sponsors exemptions but now, um, but, now he gets yeah. the money clipped up. Yeah. <laughs> well, winning actually lets him into the playoffs. So as weird yeah, as it exactly. is, like Morikawa no, because a huge, he's huge deal. Yeah. So Morikawa still can't like play in the playoffs as of now because he has not won an event. It's so hard to freaking unlock a playoff spot if you're not coming in as a member. So which, which I, I get do, and I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of get it just because it's it's all you know it's all so predicated on this 125 thing and. It just gets messy when all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, also it's Doc Redman and also it's Colin Morikawa. So it's actually, like, you know, one, there was two other guys. So it's actually like 129. You know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of get that. But it's, uh, and I get, you know, protecting it, you know, protecting the kind of quote unquote membership organization and 
keeping those perks for official official members. So I mean, they'll you know if they play well, they'll be eligible to play it next year. Yeah, it, it it makes somewhat sense. I think like you know it's so 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 challenging for these guys though that have to rely on these sponsors exemptions to try to earn special temporary membership. Like, hey bud, like here's like seven starts. Go earn as much as the, the number one twenty-five guy earned in all of last year, and like, well, yeah, then we'll let you yeah, be a no, member. No doubt. I mean, so that's uh, Hovland is probably still just short of it, but I mean, if he gets it, which I guess he'll have another start next week, and Wyndham probably. Mm-hmm. So two more events. So if he gets, I mean, that would be four people in the same year to <laughs> essentially, you know, if you if you know if you're counting Wolf, that's four people in the same year to do that. Like there hasn't probably been four people in the last four years to do that it's nuts i i got kind of fatigued of the class of 2011 thing with the spieth and jt class right. and whatnot but i think the class of 2019 is going to be a very very real thing very quickly no Might already be a I mean, thing i think it's looking thing. at that leaderboard today especially hovland got up to like t9 for a minute and I'm, yeah it's just like it's jarring i haven't haven't seen anything like that in a while and it, it kind of made me think a lot about um kind of the Q school and like the path to the PGA tour and stuff. And on one hand, it made me kind of, you know, miss Q school a little bit where it's like, God, it just, you know, lower the barriers for guys like this to get straight to the PGA tour. And it also made me think of kind of that old quote that everybody likes to throw around where it's like, you know, nobody who was good enough was, has like literally ever been kept out. Right. (laughs) And so it's, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck in the middle somewhere between, uh, what the right answer is but like i think if hovland like if hovland doesn't get special temporary membership and has to go to like the corn fairy tour next year like that doesn't really feel right either based on what he's done and his talent level and, and all that stuff but i guess well, it's kind of that's why guys go to europe situation. yeah i mean it's yeah, really totally. really why they go until like they figure this world golf ranking thing out i mean what reason would anybody, ha- any guy, have to not go to Europe? I mean, there's a reason why Julian Surrey does it. The reason why Brooks Kepka did it. Why Peter Uline did it. And I think any system that is going to make your some of your top young players go abroad instead of saying, you know, kind of earning their way. I don't know what what the answer is, but this is what happened when you took away the Q school spots. Is like you these guys don't have a direct path other than like through the web finals, which I know they're trying to build. Up, I'm sorry, the Corn Fairy finals. I know they're trying to build up the profile of that tour and trying to get guys to go through it, but like, man, there is a better option out there for the money and for the ranking. And these guys are just trying to bully their way into the top 50 in the world rankings by, you know, taking advantage of that system over there and earning a lot of money in the process and yeah. picking their spots on when they come play the PGA tour. It's like, man, that's, you kind of damage the product by putting up this wall in some way. It only affects a few guys, but like, gosh, I don't want Hovland going to, going to go play like Europe full Euro tour schedule if he doesn't get his tour card. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think they're, they're taking steps, you know, albeit probably pretty small steps with like the PGA tour, you, uh, stuff, which always just makes me think of, uh, the you. Boy, but, <laughs> you. Yo! Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm going to get all the details wrong cause I'm driving. I don't have it in front of me right now, but you know, the, the project that they're trying to unveil with giving, kfc tour exemptions to the top college player you know but even that comes with like stipulations i think that they're gonna have to play all four years and blah 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 it's like only going to maybe the top one or two players or something and it's it's corn fairy exemption so even then it's like you still you know you're still probably gonna have to 
you're just then you're playing just to get enough money to get into the finals and then you got to play well in the finals and all that stuff so it's it's still a much much more indirect path and it, it is kind of you know to the whole point we talked about at the top of the show it's like you know matt wolf and and colin morikawa and victor hovland like these guys excite people because they're looking for the next thing and i, I know you can't you know i know everybody you know god loves jj henry and he's put in a lot of time on the tour and stuff but it's like <laughs> dude how long are you guys gonna like protect guys like this and keep them just kind of like hanging around when you know if that's the downside is like pissing off people like that by giving up you know more exemptions to these guys and more of a path to these guys like man as a golf fan that feels you know like a, a really easy trade and then that sound you just heard is the golf fan getting punched in the face again so um i don't know fool me once shout out to jj henry no one loves jj henry more than me the purple, purple mamba, mamba has has strong golfing but, uh, uh, last question let's wrap this how, from trevor mcdonald how how quickly will wolf end up on a hashtag live under par ad uh god probably by the time this posts i would hope and i wouldn't blame them at all if they, are they uh, going to just superimpose him on cameron champ's face <laughs> uh, it seems like it. he wears does he wear nike clothes too it seems like it'd be an easy uh easy transition huh i, I don't think he does wear nike but uh oh, dude i'm excited not. to watch this, this guy year. for a long long time man it's a uh, he could have gotten, you know, self-conscious about his golf swing and made some changes and kind of came out with some trepidation, but that does not seem to fit the profile. And to win that quickly is it's, it's special, man. It's, it's, it's emergency pod worthy. That's for sure. It is. And it's, you know, I, I would, first of all, encourage everybody like we did or we, I didn't do anything. You did uh, a lengthy interview with him a couple months ago. So like, go listen to that. And I mean, he's just like a normal ass 20 year old, kid and he's just it's really easy to root for and i hope none of this comes off as you know i know we're talking about like president's cup and how many wins and all that stuff but hopefully none of this comes off as like added pressure because something like today at least in my mind just is like the ultimate freedom hopefully more than like more and more and more expectations because i think something like this today is just like dude you just validated all of it and all you have to do now is just like go keep freewheeling and just like you said i mean take this year and make as much money as you possibly can and just keep fucking firing and keep like exciting people. I hope that, I don't know. I have no expectations for him any, anymore. I'm just thrilled to uh, be able to watch the ride for the rest of the year. I can't remember if this was on the podcast um, several years ago, but I think it was maybe one of the first ones I did with JT where I kind of asked him, he had just finished third at TPC and he made like half a million bucks. And I was like, he was a rookie or maybe it was the second year. And I was like, dude, what's the celebration like after you earn a half a million bucks? And the way he said it, it was not cocky. It was just like, dude, like I, like I, I'm gonna probably make a lot of money in my career. Like that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't really motivate me. But like the way he answered it was just like, oh, dude, okay, like he's not celebrating that. Like he didn't win. Like he's not, he's not pleased with that. And he's so confident in his abilities that like that's not gonna be like the highlight of my career. Like no, I didn't really celebrate that. I got that same kind of vibe from Wolf when we talked. And I don't remember exactly what he said to make me think that, but it was just like. Oh, dude, he's not like worried about like getting his tour card. Like right, he exactly. knows how freaking good he is and he knows he's going to be doing some pretty damn special things. And again, I think he would lie, be lying if he said he thought he was going to win within four starts, but dude, this is this is extremely significant, I think. And I don't it's not like overhyping or like getting over exaggerating. Like when you the dude actually wins, 
Like that, you, that's we're not over exaggerating this. Like if he finished fourth <laughs> no, and we were like, yeah. dude, he's gonna win thirty events. Like no, he just won one. Like that was sick. Yeah, so. it was. It, it's and that's you know to to what we said at the beginning where it's it's like it almost seems like the hype hasn't even like built long enough yet. Like I know hardcore golf fans, you know, are have been really into him and have been following him and watching NCAA's and you know all that stuff and and I think they're you know pretty amped up, but. I think this news with like very, very casual fans is even going to roll out pretty slowly. And so, you know, like we said that, you know, not that many people are watching it's the holiday weekend, all that stuff. Like this doesn't, from a hype standpoint, like it doesn't feel like Spieth winning, even though it is pretty much the same thing. You know what I mean? Dude, it might be like a more exciting speed. I'm not saying like more major wins, but like probably like more fun to. I know he's like your favorite athlete ever to watch, but <laughs> more fun style of golf to watch. Like, dude, no, that's totally. nuts. Yeah. How? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, be I, I've said that a lot that like, you know, it's pretty much Spieth and Rory and Tiger that are, you know, the guys that are really going to make you like go to the TV and sit down and watch. And I mean, I think Wolf immediately is added to that list. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it. Why don't you get home safe? And uh, yeah. Hey, are, we'll, you, uh, we'll... are you nervous for tomorrow? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You, I think I'll be pretty the, nervous. Have you told the people what you're doing? I don't. I can't remember. I think I mentioned that I signed up for a USAM qualifier, which will be uh, by the time this is posted. It's Monday morning, nine twenty-seven tea time at Sawgrass Country Club. They put me off last. I think they're a little worried about me holding up the rest <laughs> of the golf course. Last off the tenth tee. I think uh, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be calling for all kinds of rulings. If I was married to Justine Reed, there would be some fireworks going, there's some phone calls being made to the USGA tonight. Oh, no, but... they, they put you in the line drive section of the T-shirt tomorrow. <laughs> well, you, I, I hope you don't get J.P. Fitzgerald tomorrow, you know, halfway yeah, through this. Like, you're going to be on the bag for me. Um, I've been yep. playing some really good golf, but I went over there and played this evening, and, and the wind was blowing, and that is a difficult golf course, which I can't tell if that works to my benefit or not, but... Uh, it, it's not a realistic goal to qualify, but I'd like to, we're going to make some modest goals, which I think um, a, a reasonable modest goal is to beat half the field. I'd feel pretty good about myself if yeah, I was able to I do that. Per- I think that's perfect. So, Listen, I think we just go out there and we do the best we can do. You know? That's all let, anybody let, can let ever ask of us. Where they may. That's it. I don't all know what's going to happen, ask. but it's going to be fun to watch. It is. I'm a little worried about. So remember the moisture issue issues from uh, from Orlando last year. I packed like four extra gloves because it is. I'm just gonna be dripping sweat tomorrow. It's gonna be like 95. It's ju- middle of July in Florida. It's not gonna be the best, but uh, everyone's yeah, got to play you in it. Me, you need me to do anything? You, do you have any special caddy requests? That you, that you just like? a lot of dry towels. Keep my hands dry. All right. That's all, okay. that's all I need you to do. Okay. All right. Got it. All right, bud. Get home safe. Thanks for tuning in. All right, man. See ya. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect 